Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 98 of In Week Metagame. I'm Harry MTG, only joined by one of my co-hosts, Gabe on the Sea. Hey, Harry. Hey, everyone. What's up? So sadly, this week, again, we're not joined by Pat. Um, we are literally with him on the call just like five minutes ago, but his internet just went out. And uh, we've had to push through because this is going out on a Thursday this week. We're slightly a bit late this week. But hopefully we can push through it. We have a lot to talk about this week. As always, we've had the modern challenges over the past weekend. Going to be getting to a load of modern. I haven't actually played modern myself. I've played a bit of legacy because uh, I've been farming the, uh, I guess, the Twitch viewers because no one's streaming legacy right now. Been playing some Merktide. We also got a bit of historic to get into and also some spoilers for the new Innistrad set towards the end of this episode. If you want to listen to anything specific I just talked about, there'll be timestamps in the description of the episode, so you can skip to whatever you want to listen to. Before we get into things, though, I have to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by Card Market. They sponsor the cast. They're great. They're an online marketplace to buy anything card game related. It doesn't have to be Magic the Gathering. You can buy singles, deck boxes, sleeves, anything that you can think of card game related on any game that you basically like. Go check it out. Cardmarket.com, Cardmarket.eu. They're amazing. Sponsor the cast. And they also like sponsor me to do YouTube stuff, Twitch stuff. Go check that out as well. Their YouTube channel on Twitch, whatever. Awesome. As well as we should also thank a new Patreon this week. Y'all have been killing it with the support. Brock, thank you so much for supporting our content. Thanks, Brock. Yeah, so if you would like to join Brock and the other 33 people in the Patreon Discord, then go to patreon.com slash midweekmetagame. Support our content. It's free, but that's the best way to support us. No pressure. Anyways, my intro felt really scuffed today because I do miss Pat, but that's calm because we're going to be talking about some modern. Um, Gab, you did play some of the modern challenges, so why don't you start it off with what you did this weekend? Yeah, I played a little bit of modern blue-red Merktide again. I recorded a video for Channel Fireball. I think I got the trophy, so that was pretty cool. Always nice to do well uh, for these YouTube videos. And then I decided to play the Saturday challenge. Um, there was also the arena open going on this weekend in Historic, so I uh, fired up the challenge. I only went four and three was Merktide. I lost to um, some tough matchups. The the Junt Junt Ragavan ran in six deck, John Lurus deck. That matchup is tough. My opponent had run a foul in the sideboard. Slightly better than a Terminate in the matchup, but um, yeah, kind of a close matchup to start with, and it might might be slightly unfavored actually if they have the the run of fouls that terminates off their sideboards. I also got crushed. I felt pretty helpless against um, Black Green Infect. They have the Crusader that's pro wet, pro red, so no good ways to deal with it. And uh, even was that the Crusader, just kind of a tough matchup. Honestly, they have a lot of che cheap interactions and. Uh, then game one, they just went Hierarch into Crusader, and that was pretty much game. And game two, they didn't even need that much. So, yeah, that was a good meta call. Oh, no, game two, what happened is they had Leyline. Leyline turned zero and a, a solid draw, so it felt weird to play against Leyline. You know, it hadn't happened to me in a while, and that card's super effective against you. So that was a couple of tough matchups. Um, I don't remember what my third loss was, but... Um, you know, still still pretty solid. Dick Dick still felt good. Uh, I think it did it did okay overall. There was a bunch of copies in the top eight, but um, two one really cool deck that won the Saturday challenge. I don't know if you saw that list, but it was Mono Red Eldrazi, played by Gabrielle. 
not too sure how to say that, but uh, you know, list list looks sweet. You get to play four Chalice of the Void. You get uh, you know all the good Eldrazi. You get Ragavan in red. You get Ragavan and Fury and Bonecrusher Giant, which have been free staples slash even all stars of modern. So it kind of makes sense when you look at the quality of card you get to play. You have a, a decent mana base too. You get to play Cavern of Souls, obviously Temples. They played some Prismatic Vista for. Dot, dot, dot. Why are you playing Prismatic Vista? Oh, so you can get waste for uh, for the, the Thought Thought series. That's pretty cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first time I see that people playing Vista and. And waste. Yeah, I've played against this. I played against this deck a lot. I would say about a month ago. This, I don't know who designed it, but every time I played on stream, there was always someone in my Twitch chat saying there was someone pushing on Twitter. Apparently, but um, yeah, this deck used to have Blood Moon in the main, from what I've been told, or that's what all my Twitch chat was always spamming. But um, what I actually struggled against with this deck is uh, the Eldrazi uh, Obligator. Because you play a massive Murktide, so you can block their Smasher. And then obviously they steal it and then smash in for the 3, plus the 5, plus your Murktide. So yeah. that was what I think makes this deck quite powerful, as well as you're playing Chalice of the Void and Ragavan. You see a lot of these decks now just slamming Ragavan in. Like I, I saw Canister even playing Ragavan in Elementals, for example. So, you know, this deck is really powerful. And I have seen it over the past month. This isn't just something brand new. So I guess... Whoever, uh, you know, tuned this list, Gab- Gabriele, they worked out putting Blood Moon in the sideboards better for the deck, and it paid off for them. Yeah, sideboards pretty cool, too, for Blood Moon, for Charmall, and um, Obligator. That card is always so scary. Obviously, it's a, a trigger, so even if you have a counterspell, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, just super solid, no no fillers anymore, No no bad cards. A braid, I'm not a big fan of. They played three December, one a braid for Shatter Skull Smashing for, rem- for removal. But, um, yeah, pretty cool deck. And in, in second place, we got Mr. Cafriet, uh, Wafo's uh, Wafo's good friend, and he was on the blue white version. Was four Solitude in the main, as well as three Fire and Ice Delight, Red Splash for three uh, Fire and Ice in in the main deck. Free Chalice of Chalice of the Void as well. So just I guess a different take. I, I've seen that. I think that was uh, something similar that Top Eight did a challenge a, a few weeks ago was the the Four Solitudes main deck. So always always cool to see Blue Light Control doing well. I don't know if anything else really stood out to you in, in the Top Eight this weekend. I think the rest was pretty stuck. Mill actually straight out won the challenge on Sunday. We see Mill in the top eight sometimes, but it usually doesn't go all the way. Um, yeah, that's one thing that I was going to say is you mentioning Mill. I mean, if we look at the sideboard of Mr. Capulet's blue-white deck, he's got an Emrakul showing respect for Mill, something that mm-hmm. I've, I've been complaining about. Um, also, something interesting is uh, two red sources, but no wear tear in the sideboard, just a fracturing gust. So I guess Urza Saga's on the downswing, possibly. Um so you have spreading seas you have a lot of good options for sideboard so mm. i'm guessing it's not that you know just yeah with spreading seas decided the sideboard slots were better spin otherwise he also has uh, the one the trademark uh one fracturing gust now that yeah. wafo and him just like to play in the sideboard mm. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, Mill winning, and it's Azorius Mill as well, so not even going for a drown the lock. They're prioritizing prismatic ending and path in the main. Wow, just prismatic ending and path. That's insane. No, because Mill to me is like fatal push, drown in the lock, and then you also play the black one that exiles creatures to gain life. But yeah, I mean, clearly it's paid off for them. Having access to prismatic ending must be so good against all the Rens and Tarmogoyfs. And you've got Path for Merktide. I, so yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense to me why this has done a lot better than the traditional blue-black. Yeah, I'm not convinced the white card are so much better, but I think I just saw a, f- a funny tweet before we started the, the, the cast where um, Jim Davis said, I guess modern, the format where your biggest deck-building decision is if you want to play white, pay white mana or black mana for your Luras. <clears throat> refer- referring to the mill deck. Yeah, definitely. So what I find interesting is that there's no Jund in any of these top eights, um, but you played against it in the challenge. I, I think there was quite a big debate last week between us if if uh, Merktide is good against Jund or not. And uh, do, do you have a change on your stance? I believe you and Pat were both kind of going for... I think it's, it's really close. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what we said last week, but just... Close, tough matchup. The, the sideboarding is a little tricky. I've, a lot of your cards are kind of okay. You know, Alpine Moon's kind of okay. Blood Moon's kind of okay. Relic's kind of okay. Explosives can be kind of okay. So it's not super easy to... I've, I haven't been super sure on how to sideboard. I think I maybe also made a, a few small mistakes against in my loss. And I think it's it might be a slightly like unfavored matchup if they have the the multiple run of fouls and whatnot in the sideboard yeah that makes a lot of sense i played with run of foul a lot with my when i was doing my kind of week of jund and i really didn't like it to be honest i kept getting these spots against murktide where they'd have a channeler down and then they'd get the murktide down and then you run a foul them and they sack the channeler so maybe just terminate yeah, yeah, that's why I went to terminate. Um, but I mean, I guess I guess the reason must be is because I was playing Lightning Bolt and now they're playing Fatal Push. I mean, I guess Bolt kills Chandler as well, but I was only playing two bolts, and um, most lists I've been seeing say play three push. So maybe the Chandlers just aren't staying on the table, or maybe I was just playing the matchup wrong. But um, yeah, that's definitely interesting that people are going back to run a foul because I really didn't like that card. Hmm. Um, yeah. something something as well to to take note of is I don't know how to say their name Lap Lap Lejean. Yeah, always top eighting with Hammer Time in both top eights. I think that's three in a row. I think they, that he was in the top eight when I won a week and a half ago, and he he top eighted both both challenges this weekend, which is pretty cool. Which which might mean that the deck's kind of high scale. If you see if you see a deck top eight the tournaments over and over, it's that it's a good deck if it's different players, but if it's the same player over and over and not too many other people, either either he's the only one who still believes in the deck and for some reason everyone else is off it, or maybe there's just pretty high skill cap and he he's really got it down to science. So anyways, congrats to him. Yeah. I think I mean, I mentioned it last week, but he actually, uh, he like, 
when I beat him, I only had four seconds left on my clock. I was most likely going to have enough time to kill him. You know, just all I had to do was untack and tap or untap and attack. But he, he just uh, didn't even make me sweat it. He just scooped. So that was, that was really, um, you know, sportsmanlike of him, even though I, I didn't expect it. And in some ways, I feel like maybe he shouldn't do stuff like that because it's kind of on me. But, you know, maybe he knows I'm a streamer. I mean, he probably knows that I stream. He, he, well, he definitely knows that I stream. I think he was in the chat before our match. Uh, so, you know, he, he knows that uh, it makes me play a little slower. So I guess I appreciate it. Mm, yeah. I mean, I rem- he's been literally playing Hammer Time before Urza's Saga. I feel like when the deck became officially a deck, I was seeing him tweet about it on Twitter. So I, I definitely don't doubt that he's highly skillful with the deck. But I mean, talking about pet decks... I see two copies of Living in the top eight here, Gab. Uh, yeah. Is that the deck you should have played? Um, I actually, oh, that was my third loss. It was Living in. I even lost oh. a game where I had a game one, my draw was pretty bad. Game two, I had turn one Ragavan and a turn two Relic and a counter spell. And we ended up playing a weird game where I just lost to two Charlotte's agents. I drew all my counter spells. I died was two counter spells, a spell pierce, and a dispute in hand. Just died to a couple of Charlotte's agents beating me down. So that was kind of surprising. I do think if you have a little hate, uh, this matchup is, is decent for you. Uh, I could see going back to one fluster storm in the sideboard. You know, maybe over one of the other counters. Um, I mean, that's just details anyways. But yeah, that was, that was actually my third loss. Yeah, maybe. You know, that deck was really strong. I really enjoyed it, but it maybe didn't make for the best viewer experience it's it's always it's kind of i enjoy it but it's i could see how some people can maybe get bored of it because it's it's kind of repetitive it's kind of always the same thing even though i still think it's fun really powerful so yeah maybe 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 i'll go back to living in at some point i mean what's interesting is you know we we've been talking for the past few weeks about cutting all our flusters in the sideboard well, there's literally one Crashing Footfalls deck in uh, the first top eight, and then in the second one, there's two Living End and then Doomwake on another Crashing Footfalls deck. So I feel like it's kind of almost like the classic Dredge, you know? Everyone's lowing down on their uh, mm-hmm. Cascade hate, and then now that's where all the Cascade decks come back. Yeah, because there was a few weeks where it was very little Living End, maybe a Rhino deck here and there, and it definitely felt like the... I was playing less against Cascade decks, whereas at some point it felt like it was almost every other round you were playing against one of the Cascade decks. So, yeah, it's just a, the ebb and flows of modern. Yeah, definitely. And as well as, like, you know, talking about Doomwake's Crashing Footfalls deck, there's a very interesting twist. I don't know if this is, like, old tech that's only just kind of top aided, but he's got three seasoned Pyromancers in the main, which I think is really cool because... Uh, I believe it was the episode with uh, we had Mangucci on. We talked about how they just added Murktide, and then now they still have a Murktide, but they also have three season Pyromancers, which is sick. And I guess it's just a nice card to help them filter, and also it pitches to Fury, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you can't go too wrong with season Pyro, honestly. That card's yeah. so strong. Yeah. I mean, this list just looks so tuned. The sideboard, three Blood Moon, three Endurance, one Cloth is four Dispute, four Force of Vigor, and then the main deck is so clean. I feel like I don't know. Doomwake's clearly worked really hard on this. I think him, Gigi, and all the other Cabal guys work on this all the time. 
So I'm not surprised that it looks this smooth. Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, I uh, I didn't play a ton of of modern, and I don't think you did either. I think you've been playing uh, Legacy, right? Yeah, yeah. Legacy. Give us like a quick for I kind I'm kind of a Legacy newbie. I I watch uh, Anzit stream sometimes. I raid him and I watch him for a bit. He's usually playing the kind of the control deck of the format, I guess. Mm -hmm. Dance, you know, it has a I think a Terminus or two for sub. I mean, all the good cards. It feels like. Yeah. Um, so what's Legacy like for someone who doesn't know much about Legacy? Okay, I'm going to try to remember because there are so many different decks, it's hard to say like specific archetypes like Modern. But right now I play I play commonly against Lands, Urza Saga decks. So obviously Lands plays Urza Saga, but um, like Urza Saga as in like Painter Servant, as well as just like Value Emery decks with Thought Monitor. I also play against... Uh, combo decks so i play typically against doomsday or there's the oh what's it called there's that that like triggered ability where it's like whenever you cast a spell it triggers it's like magecraft i think yeah there's the black and green tutu with magecraft and then each opponent loses a life and you gain a life mm -hmm. So there's a card in Legacy that's two mana, and it says target player discards two oh, cards. Oh, yeah, yeah. They the can repeat spell. it. Yeah. Yeah, so then they cast the 2-2, two -two, and then they cast the discard spells on themselves, and then they loop it. So, yeah, it's it's Chain of Smog. That's it. Thank you, Twitch chat. So there's that deck. I see that a lot because they play main deck Veil of Summers. Um, so do they have multiple combos, or is that the only combo in the deck? So some of them play Arclight like, Phoenix. Yeah. Um, and but most of them just follow that combo. I, I haven't seen the Arclight Phoenix version in a long time because black green is also the colors of the, um, the land, you know, the, the, the deck where you turn the land into the 2020 land or whatever. Oh, Dark Depths, Dark Depths, yeah. Dark Depths, and Thespian Stage. I don't see that that often, okay. Um, but that's in lands, I guess, right? Yeah, okay. So those are the decks that I can pretty much remember playing against a ton, also the mirror. And also, oh, Jeskai Stoneblade with Ragavan. So those are the main main ones. I have ne I'm yet to play against NZD's control deck. People tell me this deck all the time. Um, yeah, it seems like it would be right down your alley too. Just I know. The problem is that Legacy is so expensive, and getting the cards is a pain in the ass. I can't even lie. I but have I some of the cards if you want. If you if you reach your limit, I can add like I think I have four sub wheels and whatnot. So Ooh, maybe okay. You should just borrow a bunch of stuff and then you'll probably be able to play whatever. Yeah, but I've been playing so much Legacy because, you know, with Twitch, there's always a meta. Like, what you, what should you be doing so that you, you're you following what people want to watch? And I stream Legacy just for the fun of it. I got 200 viewers randomly. I got, like, 15 subs gifted. So I was like, okay, we're going to play more Legacy. Got 20 subs. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm farming Legacy this week. That's why I played a load of Legacy. But anyways, I'm off. To, I'm I'm sidetracked. So blue red Merc Tide, it's everything that you can think of. It's just modern blue red Merc Tide, but brainstorm, ponder, days, um, for, for Chandler, for Ragavan, hmm, for for Subwell too. Yeah, for force, uh, force negation as well. I have force of negations in the sideboard, but the reason why you don't is because people always cast things on your turn. It's only really for combo decks. Any burn spells. 
yeah, we have we just have four bolt and two gut shot, which I, I'm still not sure I like it. This is Ben Jones' list, but it's nice having a free spell off iteration. Mm-hmm. But then I'm just thinking, if you want a free spell off iteration, just go for bauble. So that deck doesn't play bauble. I play two bauble, which okay. is interesting. Um, so why do I like this deck? Well, I like it because you just go turn one Ragavan, and you have days and and uh, and or Force of Will up, and then you just get a hit in with Ragavan, and everyone plays like eighteen to twenty lands, so you're basically guaranteed to hit, or like you hit like. You don't hit a third of the time, so two-thirds of the time you're hitting a spell. Most of the time it's one mana, so it doesn't matter what color your opponent's playing. Boom, just cast whatever. Um, Blue-red, you're in great colors for sideboard slots. you got Pyroblast, Hydroblast, you, you have access to things like Narset. Um, a Braid is actually a lot more powerful in the format than it is in Modern. Um, and I just like how interactive it is. Now, I was doing really well with this deck not this past week, but the previous week when I first started playing. And then now I feel like people have really adapted to the strategy of of this deck um, because no one used to force a will my Ragavan turn one. They would always cast their Lightning Bolt or whatever. But now everyone's forcing my Ragavan. Like it, I feel like it hits the table way less now. And I also find that there's a way more Urza Saga decks. When I first started playing this deck, no one was really playing Urza Saga. Then now, like I was talking about, there's these new mid-range decks that are just playing um, Sagas and Emrys and and Force of Wills and Urzas and Sighs. It's like, yeah. it's so hard to keep up with the with the meta because everyone's always playing some new crazy combo because the card pool is so big. So I'm just getting my ass whooped. I can't even lie. <laughs> I 5-0'd my first league with the deck and then... And then I maybe like four one, and then I've just gone like two three three two, and then I like one four in the two player queue. In the two player queue, I won in four, so that was that was rough. But um, I would say my favorite matchups with this deck are, um, lands if they don't have a maze of it, and like if you don't have the wasteland for the maze of it, you probably lose. I also like sneak and show. I feel like they're a bit too slow. Uh, unless they nut draw you, normally you're good. And um, I also like any matchup that uh, has Force of Will but doesn't have Stoneforge Mystic. Because I keep getting beaten up by these decks where they play Stoneforge Mystic and Ragavan because both are must-kills, must-counters. And then obviously they, they have eight threats and you only have kind of four. Yeah, but also don't take my opinion as like set in stone. I'm a legacy noob. I've made so many massive puns over the past week. It's actually hilarious. I find the formats pretty great, to be honest. I I never really play against the same deck twice in a league, ever. Yeah, so I would say try it out if you if you have the tickets or whatever. And um, I've been really liking it. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I played a bunch of Historic this week. There was an Arena Open, and I tried a few control decks. I eventually settled on John, John Sacrifice, John Food. It was a list I got from Hogpog, and they uh, they just added the Squirrel, the new Squirrel uh, to the deck. It's a 1-1 for green or black hybrid mana, so 1-1 one, one for 1. Whenever you sack a creature or an artifact, it gets a plus one, plus one counter. And for free mana, you can sack an artifact or a creature and gain a life, draw a card. 
So that, that card's pretty nuts in some draws. It's not always great against removal and control. I was trimming it a bunch against control, but yeah, basically I played a bunch of decks. I was really liking that, that blue-white control deck, especially in the control mirrors with the banished Partisan. I think we talked about that last week, right? Anyways, I'll mention it again. The, the Partisan is the, the special arena card. It's the one-two cycling that comes back into play when you cycle the card. You can pay two to bring it back, and it, it gets plus a perpetual plus one, plus zero. So it's a one-two lifelink. So if you cast it on turn two, it's a one-two lifelink, but what you want to do is cycle it, and then you bring it back, and it comes back as a two-two, and then it gets bigger every time it comes back, dies and comes back. It does come into play tap, so it's not... Sometimes it's a bit slow against aggro decks, but uh, it gives you like more kind of more shark typhoons, more uncounterable threats and control mirror matches, and that's really strong. Uh, but yeah, I decided to play Jun just because the deck felt good, and I think it was the deck I was winning with the most at Mythic. Uh, the other decks I was doing pretty good, but still losing here and there. Jun I was barely ever losing. Played it, decided to go BO3 Q on day one. I got the 4 0. That was super nice. First try, boom. Except on day two, I forgot to register. There's only oh. a, yeah, oh man. There's only a two-hour window to register on day two, and if you miss it, you can't play. What? And I was I was literally on my computer playing some ladder matches, deciding if I want to play a blooming march mana base or a fabled passage mana base, trying to get a feel for it. And I looked up. I was like, all right, I should get in the queue. And I look, the queue's not there. I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, right. And I had missed. Uh, so that was pretty frustrating, pretty bad user experience. Obviously, it's mostly, it's it's my fault. But at the same time, it would be nice if you either A, got an email or got an in-game reminder, some kind of alert pop up. It's kind of ridiculous that you can be in the client and just be playing and miss the window and there's, not a pop-up, not an alert. You you don't get an email to remind you that that there's only two hours window. It, it's also a little deceiving because on day one you can register for like what 18 hours, 20 hours win. I mean, it's all That's day, crazy. right? And I don't get. I don't. Why do they do that? Well, they do that so that people can find matches more easily. I think that's fine. Uh, you know, they could do more than two hours, but at any rate, I think they should at least send you an automated email and or have an alert in game. I think both ideally, you know, get an email, remind you, because it happens every arena open. There's always people like me who forget. Um, I mean, to be honest, one of the reasons I, I didn't realize is because I, I think it was only the second time I qualified for one of the days too. I don't usually try super hard for the open and I haven't been super successful in day one, so... Uh, I'm not super used to it, and yeah, I think it's just it's it's you know it happens every time these these kind of horror stories. I think usually they're at least nice about it. They give you maybe a ticket to day two for the next open. I haven't asked yet, but maybe maybe they'll they'll compensate me. You know, it, it is your fault, and you know there's always going to be the the people who are like, but you should know, blah blah blah. It's written in the client, but I mean, come on, it's. A lot of people, you know, qualify for the first time. And imagine that, I mean, for me, you know, I'll get over it. I was mad, but imagine it's your first time you do, you get to day two and you don't realize it's a window and you don't get to play it. Just such terrible user experience, right? Mm. I don't know. I, I just, 
Uh, what I'm interested in is how many people actually qualify for day two, but I, only they know. But I feel like it's so harsh, as well as like, is it at a friendly time for every time zone? There's no way, right? I mean, it's not too bad. It's for me, it's between three and five in the afternoon. So, but the thing is, you can you can register and then start playing later. So you can like even if it's bad time, you can kind of set an alarm register and then you can start playing like four five six hours later and you'll probably be able to find matches and stuff the thing is with that system they have it, it's pretty good but if you're one of the last people at the end and there's no one left to play against you're just screwed you can't finish your run mm -hmm. so it has a lot of upside it lets you play whenever you know play whenever play a few matches go for a walk take a break play later etc so there's a lot of good things about it but um there's always a few people who that's why they encourage you to like kind of play your your games as soon as you can. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm you know I think I think the registration window is okay and justifiable. Well, I'm just asking for I don't think it's asking for much, right? To get an email reminder, have an alert in game, some like thing that's popped up, like oh you have one hour left to, to register, you have thirty minutes left to register, you have five minutes left to register. Um, mm. So yeah. And I'm sure I'm not the first one who suggests that or or complains about. It. I mean, that's just the way it works, right? You don't you don't pay attention to everything. You don't champion every call. And you see when it's happened to you that you like, you know, kind of pitch a fit and try to make the change happen. So, you know, ideally, uh, I would have. You know, I'm sure I've even talked about it before. Anyways, that's my stand on my rant. Yeah. What do you think about um? turning these opens into something like the modern challenge. You know, like every weekend is what I mean, the frequency of the modern challenge. Oh, yeah. They, they, I think they're probably going to have more and more. I, I'm not sure what the reason. I mean, maybe just kind of fatigue. They don't want people to. Maybe, maybe it's too much, but yeah, they could they could have more. I'm not sure why there's not more more opens. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's the argument that, oh, they can't pay out as much, but oh, if they have it every weekend, obviously people aren't going to play every weekend. But um, I wouldn't mind seeing, like, lower entry, lower prizes or, or whatever if if it was every weekend. That would actually make me play Arena, right? If you give me a competitive kind of money outlet. But I guess maybe it's also, like, I wonder if this is, like, some, like, tax evasion thing because... What? If they pay, if they if they pay out if they pay out this, I wonder if they can write it off because I know that that's why some companies host magic tournaments because mm -hmm. there's some like money write off thing with the cash prize. Okay. So maybe that's why every few months they're like, okay, boys, we got to pay off that 200k tax. Let's host an arena open. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a tax guy. I'm a maths guy. But um, yeah, I, I really like it. I like the concept. I just don't have the decks to play. So. Yeah, I mean, people. Everyone loves the open. Yeah, I I wish I could play. I just can't. Literally sure, can't. Yeah, yeah. Should have more and more. Um, but yeah, to come back to historic, I thought that John deck was was really good. I'm not too invested in historic anymore because I've got the world championship coming up, and that's limited in this draft and new standards. So pretty hyped about that. Uh, you know, standard comes out. The new set comes out today on arena. 
So that's going to be pretty cool. I know there's uh, Hoogland having a, a tournament, I think, this Sunday. Crokey's having a big standard tournament the weekend after that. And a World Championship, you know, October 7 to 10. We have Declas U in, in two and a half weeks on Sunday the 3rd. So, yeah, we have less than 20 days to figure stuff out. I'm, I'm excited. And I'm um, gonna be focusing on that, but yeah, I was uh, I was really I was I was pretty bummed because I thought that that John deck was really really solid, and I think a lot of people did well with it. So this this all you know I incinerated like hundreds of dollars in equity, but I guess if I get a I guess if if they maybe I'll ask for I kind of feel bad asking because it's kind of my mistake, but also I feel like they should do better with their software, so don't feel that bad. Um, yeah, so there's also another another exciting thing going on, something that got a lot of you know a lot of hype and people a lot of people are just loving it, right? The the spike challenge. Yeah, yeah. It's been going on for for a long time. Yeah, it's a whole season. I think a season is what ninety days. It's pretty long because I, I remember they were averaging I think I looked and they were averaging a trophy every two days. Well, and, uh, Spike plays a day. I don't know, but it was really close. I think it ended up what 44 trophies for Principe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what their name is, but Spike had 42 or 43, just one or two trophies. I think there were. They were tied at some point in the last couple of days. Spike had even up the score, or maybe was even one ahead. I don't remember, but I saw so much, so many people on Twitter be like, "Wow, that was amazing!" You know, couldn't care less about the MPL, but that was really cool content and got me invested. And it was really fun to watch. Um, so yeah, props to them. I can't imagine just grinding a, a format so hard. I guess my my year, I mean, maybe I don't have the same passion I used to have, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago, but that's so nuts to me, doing something like that. If you want, Gab, we could have a little challenge between us so you can get the most spotted trophies next season. No, I'm just, I, I don't think I can be bothered for places <laughs> so much. I would lose my mind. <laughs> yeah, Spike was getting crazy numbers of viewers. He was always over like a thousand sometimes more as nuts yeah i mean spike is really the forefront of the mtgo like grinders like streamers he's just carrying the category what can i say um but what what he's clearly done is he's identified that because he's so big now he needs more than just being a good streamer he needs a catch for people to tune in and you know with arena you have like grinding to number one um you know you're a professional player you have like grinding for a good list what has spike really got well now he's got something you know he's got his like his little niche that i guess people are going to start copying which i think is pretty sick like having breaking 3k is huge for magic online i I actually never thought that you could break an average of 1k a stream with magic online and he's done it so well some people do it right i mean the numat and caleb just have over 1k viewers when they stream cube and magic online Oh, sorry. Yeah, I meant specifically for for modern 
and also I don't even understand that either. I don't understand how like there are some streamers that just go live instantly 1k for a magical line. It's crazy to me. They're just so big. And uh Yeah, I mean they just have a schedule, maybe they have a starting soon scene. And um yeah, no, it was pretty cool, but I don't think he's probably not going to do that very often, right? These kind of challenges and I'm not sure I agree with you that you need something. I think just the structure of the challenges and the mocks is already pretty solid. You know, you've got these weekend challenges to look forward to, even though the, the, the prizes are actually not that great. The EV is not that great. I know I always get a ton of viewers when I do all in challenges. So you've got kind of this, you know, kind of trying new stuff out during the week, tuning your list, and then boom, you you play with lists you think is best for the weekend challenges. Sometimes it's a mock, sometimes it's a PDQ. Okay, I'll I'll give my opinion then if we're really getting into streaming stuff. So I think that's the reason why this has grown spike is because every, everything that people are talking about on Twitter right now is this spike challenge, right? If spike just kind of became trophy leader or whatever, everyone would be like, oh, cool, spike's trophy leader. But we have a reason to talk about it because he's broken Twitch records. He, it was so close, blah, 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 blah. And I think that people who only loosely follow magic or way more likely to see him now because so many people are talking about him whereas i feel like not enough people would talk about it if he just came like second naturally yeah um, no it's 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 definitely smart it's definitely smart uh, yeah you know i think you can you can can yeah no you're you're right i guess he, i mean the, the little extra is nice i'm just saying it's not like you don't need i don't think he needs to i think it's yeah, I don't think you need to, but I think to get as big as you are with him, not only do you have to be a really good streamer, but you have to be smart enough to think about something that will literally uh, yeah. be news in the community, right? Because this is news. I mean, there's a reason why we've been talking about it. It's news, right? Um, so the midweek metagame podcast, we got to find something to make the news. What am I, you know, what am, what else am I meant to say? Yeah, that's fair. But, um... Honestly, I feel like not much has gone on in Magic over the past week apart from that. I guess, to be honest, you just lightly brushed over Worlds, right? I didn't. I honestly didn't even know Worlds was happening soon. When is the actual date? What am I looking forward to? October 7th through October 10. And your deck list is due in two and a half. Um... Yeah, the Sunday before that. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. And the, what are the formats? Draft, there's three rounds of draft and I think nine rounds of standard. And it's and actually it's, the first time it's going to be a kind of new format. It's less than a month old. So it's going to be less than a month. It's going to be just a couple couple weeks old by the time we have to submit decks. Mm -hmm. Kind of same for the draft format. So that should be pretty cool. We're playing on Arena, playing from home. Hopefully that goes well. Hopefully we don't have horror stories. Hopefully the servers are are good by then. No bugs, but I don't know. The track record hasn't been super great lately. What are the rules of streaming now? Are you going to personally stream or? For Worlds or before? For for Worlds, sorry. Like during the event. Um, I'm not sure if they need us. They might need us to stream just to make sure, you know, it's us playing and stuff. So... Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to be streaming to a private server or because I don't think we're going to be streaming on Twitch during Worlds. I'm not. I'm actually not sure exactly what's what the plan is for that. Because usually for the championships, 
Actually, I forget what the rules is for the champ. For the championship, you just don't have to stream. And if your feature match, how do they even do feature matches? I forget. I don't know. For some reason, I'm drawing a blank. Anyways, <laughs> I think it should be a really cool event. The formats are should be still new and exciting. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Stakes are high too. You know, 70k for first. It's gonna be. Who knows when the next time there's gonna be so much money in a magic tournament. Also, it could be the last world championship, which in some ways makes it special, and in some ways makes it I feel less special because you're not a part of something anymore. There's not knowing that it's just kind of maybe the end. <laughs> it's That's kind a of bit. weird. It's a bit sad. So does it yeah. would it mean a lot? Would it mean more to you to win this world than uh, any other worlds that you've competed in, or you just you just don't care? I think it would mean a bit less, maybe, just because people have been less engaged in competitive magic and have cared less. And then like players mm. kind of cared a bit less this year, trying you know, the people competing maybe didn't care as much, you know, no uh, so it, it I feel like it's maybe in some ways less prestigious and less less important wow so you actually think that people are going to play worse i don't think people are going to play worse i think everyone's going to play really well and practice a lot Mm. just saying leading up to worlds maybe this year people weren't trying as hard and people didn't care as much so you know maybe it was a bit for people who tried you know I, i feel like i tried pretty hard all year so maybe for people like me, it was a bit easier. Yeah. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> that's deep. But what are the stakes? So obviously there's cash on the line, but is there like any MPL status or, or whatever? No, 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 no. There's there's just cash. There's We get a $50,000 appearance fee. Mm-hmm. So we have everyone has guaranteed $50,000 plus last place, which is $5,000. And then first is Ooh. 70 so top prize is 120 so it's a million million dollar prize pool million dollar fifty thousand dollar prize pool wow which is nice because if ever something goes wrong with arena and someone loses a game because of some server bs it's it's nice that you know the, the swings are not as big as they would have been if it was straight up one million prize pool without appearance fee, you know mm. yeah that makes sense okay wow that's it's less exciting for the viewers, I guess, but it's way nicer, I think, for the players and way less stressful, too. <laughs> yeah, so that's 50k that's going to be reinvested into midweek metagame, eh? Mm, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, so, okay. Um, patron, uh, patron giveaways, so I'm just giving <laughs> it all back to the, the patrons. So go support midweek metagame. oh my gosh okay well is there anything else that you want to get into well Innistra is coming out so yeah I did a a set review a full set review for limited and I brushed a bit on on standard I could uh you know I posted the the document on my discord I think we could maybe post it in the 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 midweek metagame discord too uh if people want to look even though we don't really talk much we usually don't talk much about limited but maybe people will be interested and um i don't know maybe talk about 
potential standout cards for uh, for modern, and I'm just gonna steal the steal Spike's content. He he posted a tier list for uh, for the new cards, so I guess we could go down the list. He started with he always has like kind of semi-serious categories. So the top category is two life poggers, and that's the faithful mending. That's a blue-white uh, instant that you, the looting that also gains you two life. Yeah. So I don't know that card. You know, looting looting is is not legal in modern. So who knows? Maybe just Sky Phoenix. Maybe you just play it in, in control. It seems a little mopey for modern, but it does a little bit of everything. I, I doubt I'll see play. Um, should I just go down the list? And if you feel like you have something to say, you can just. Uh... I feel like faithful mending is just like. I don't. I don't know if it's going to be that good. I just don't know. If it was target player. Draws two, discards two. Maybe I'd be more on it because then you have Narset. <laughs> but I just it feels a bit too expensive and it being white is actually the downside because i don't think white is very good in strategies that wants to cast this card but maybe there's some dredge deck that'll so deck will make with this i feel like if this card's going to be busted it'll be in some like dredge deck using gemstone cavern and stuff to cast it honestly yeah. is it gemstone cavern or is it gemstone mine the one that removes counters gemstone mine. yeah yeah gemstone mine my bad yeah, I, I agree, and I think Spike kind of agrees. Um, so next, at pretty good, he had the new Tiny Reinforcement, White and One Sorcery. If you have less life, you gain four. If you have less creatures, you get two one ones, and if you have less cards in hand, you get you draw cards. I'm kind of on the fence. I'm not exact. I'm not convinced it's going to be better than Tiny because I'm not sure how often you're going to be able to draw a card off it, but Cool design, you know, people will try it out. Is this uh, card good against Ragavan? On the play? Land go, they land Ragavan. No, you don't draw a card. No. I don't think it's that good. Wait, don't you draw a don't you draw a card? No. Oh, because you play a land though. One, two, three, and you should have eight cards, five. And then they'll have land Ragavan, that's two. They'll have six. You do draw a card. You do. So maybe it's good against Ragavan. Yeah, that, that's a good point. It's good against any any on the play though. It's good against any people playing one drops. You can yeah. even gain the life if you shock yourself a bunch. Mm -hmm. It's higher variance and timely. Is it better? A little different. Cool card, anyways. Yeah. Then you have Memory Deluge, which is a new kind of fact or fiction. I guess it's. Four mana, you look at the top X, where X is the mana you spent. I think you 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 pick two and put the rest at the bottom of your deck and that's flashback seven. So huge card advantage engine. It's a bit slower than factor fiction. It doesn't fill up your graveyard, which can be a, an upside, which is usually an upside. It's a little harder to cast. I don't I don't see it. I don't think it's gonna be uh, played much. Do you think that card's better than factor fiction? Look at the top X, where X is. Mm. Hmm. 
I think if it put them into the graveyard, I would like it more. But the fact that it puts it on the bottom, I don't know. It feels a bit slow, and I feel like uh, I, I'm not sure. That that one is tough. That one's tough. All right. But the next, next one, Spike Scott is can't stay away. White and a black sorcery return target creature with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains, if this creature would die, exile it instead, and has flashback for five and white-black, so seven mana. I, I don't know why this is on Spike's list. Isn't uh, Unearth just way better than this? I'm guessing it's because it brings back Slurus, but Unearth brings back Slurus as well. And you're yeah. never flashing back for seven in Modern. It's so. five mana, but still kind of expensive. Also, if it dies, it's exiled for good, so you can't keep bringing it back, yeah. Oh, it's five mana? I thought it was... Oh, yeah, yeah, Sorry, my, my screen's a bit blurry. Yeah, three white-black. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I, I don't Yeah, like I agree. It. The next one, too. The next one's a white-green white glimpse that was flashback. Uh, I just... Maybe there was some weird combo deck was, was that card, but I doubt it. I'm not, I'm not even sure regular glimpse would be playable in, in modern, let alone the more expensive one. The flashback doesn't seem very relevant. I mean, it works for enchantments, too, but... I guess I guess this would be good in a deck with Arbor Elf and Utopia Sprawl. I don't know. I, I can't even yeah. think of it. Like, yeah, at that point you're just playing trashy Ponza, right? Yeah. Like uh, the opt. This one's actually asked about a lot. Consider just a blue mana surveil one draw card. Instant. I think we talked about this one extensively. It's good. You're yeah. it's gonna see play. Um, yes, it's most likely better than Opt. Yes, it's bad against Drown in the Lock. Um, yeah, it might not be the most impactful card, but it might just be the most played card, other than you said, and the quote-unquote best cards. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Fringe playables. Yeah, he had a, an upgrade to Zombies. Deck is still bad, though. Champion of the Perished, as well as the 1-1 one -one that gives you a, a Zombie Decay token every turn. Champion of the Perished. I mean, I have a soft spot for zombies. I used to play zombies, you know, 20 years ago. They were clearing zombies and stuff. I've seen this was Altar of Dementia, Return to the Ranks. So you've got the combo plan, but you also have the just Champion of the Perished speed down plan. Who knows? That card hits pretty hard. I can see it being playable, but... I just don't see how you're playing zombies in a format where Unholy He is the most popular removal spell. Like, the fact that humans isn't doing well right now makes me insanely doubt that zombies is even playable, because humans is way more disruptive, especially with Thalia's and stuff against these heat decks, so I would say pr probably not. Yeah, but... I don't know. I feel the problem is these standard sets. You you only ever have like one or two cards that slot into modern. You know, we have what like fifteen cards here, ten to fifteen cards. Yeah. I doubt. I doubt. Well, like I think the only playable card is Faith, Faithful Mending, and maybe Sunset. I can't even read it. It's too blurry. Revelry. I don't know what it says, but um. Oh, and consider. Okay, I think I think we have three good cards. I think there are three playables here i think there's maybe one good i think consider might be the only actual good card and the rest is yeah, yeah, yeah actually revel yeah, yeah. revelry maybe 
mending maybe there's also fateful absence which is also a card people ask about a lot the one white and one instant speed removal for planeswalker or creature and your opponent gets a clue hmm. that doesn't exile which is kind of a shame i feel like they could have given it that level extra you know the, the exile effect would have been nice um I think this card could be good in modern. I think it's kind of card that gets better when you're really aggressive, so you don't give them time to stack the treasure. Or if your deck kind of snowballs pretty hard, it doesn't really matter if they get an extra card because you're doing more powers, more powerful stuff. Anyways, it's obviously nice synergy with a five mana to fair, you know, the two mana casting cost. So card could be good. Yeah, I'm not it's sure. Good with Narset, even though Narset's not seeing a ton of play right now. The fact that it forces you to draw the card, you know, you, you don't get to snag the, the clue maybe right away on your turn. That's feeling like that's another tiny upside, but probably not super relevant. I think, hmm, why is he listed as please do not ask me about this card, though? He thinks it's bad? Is that what he's saying? Either he thinks it's bad, or people have just asked him so many times already that he's over it. I think, I think the problem is that you already have prismatic ending. I feel like the reason why you want to play this card is for the planeswalker, and I think that you can put better cards in your deck if you're worried about destroying something like a fairy hero. I, I don't know. I feel like this is just not great because. What what do you want in white that doesn't already answer what you want to destroy? Like, I mean, I, I if you don't want to play yeah. Path to Exile, I'd rather, you know, it's much better to give them a clue than to give them a land in the early game. Mm. Yeah. Could be good with Karn, too. I don't know if there's no really white decks that play Karn, but, you know, if you have Karn in play, then they don't get to sag the clue. Yeah, I can see. it's It's hard to assess because... I feel like it's dependent on your deck. And also, I don't I don't really know. Yeah, I guess so. I guess you're deciding, would you rather them get a land or would you rather pay an extra mana and they have to pay two mana for a clue, uh, for a card? Tough. I think it's average. Probably below average, actually. I'm not sure. Yeah, there's a bunch of other cards on Spike's list, but I don't think any of them are. I mean, there's always something that I feel we miss, people miss, something we didn't necessarily expect or ends up being better than it is. Mm. Yeah, not probably not anything that's going to be a game changer. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, will you play uh, the, the question Consider or, uh, or Thought Scour? Mm, for me, I love my decks to, when I play Magic, I love all my decks to have potential nut draws, and I feel like if you swap Consider and Thought Scour, you're ruining your potential nut draws. I also yeah. feel like in Merktide, you always have, like, almost always, you're, when you're casting your cantrip, you got a Chandler, and if you got a Chandler, you're most likely on bin mode because you want to activate Delirium. So I feel like it's quite fringe to be like, oh, I need the surveil over. Like, I feel like you need it to be 
consider instead of thought scar when you're keeping a one lander. And I feel like it's hard for you want to replace. I'd rather just play it alongside thought scour. I think thought scour yeah. is way too good to cut. All right, yeah, maybe maybe Serum Visions gets cut somehow, even though the, the sorcery is nice for Delirium. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited to slightly slightly better opt because no no one no one plays opt right now, right? I guess there's a few Snapcaster these four Snapcaster mages deck that you know the the Blue Moon deck, etc. These mm-hmm. decks still want to play opt. Yeah, what's interesting actually is now that I just think of it on the spot. I remember when Merktide wasn't a thing, like Merktide was in the format, but the deck wasn't really discovered, and people were telling me to play Merktide in Blue Moon. Well, the problem is you weren't really dumping too much, so you had to only play one or two. Well, if you have Consider in Blue Moon, I mean, you're slowly dumping more into your graveyard. You know, maybe it's more like you can start playing a really nice control deck with Merktide as your win con. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I feel like it's not so much better than opt and opt already doesn't see a ton of play so we'll see uh could could be good in, in standard though just a little uh, extra card selection got the new the new dual lands i guess we didn't talk about the dual lands for modern but unlikely they come into play starting um you know usually on turn three if you have two other lands mm-hmm. don't really I mean, you already have fetch lands, dual lands, shock lands, etc. So I don't think you really need those in in modern. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're they're good in pioneer, right? That's the only eternal form I can think that would want something like this. Yeah, they're gonna be good in pioneer. They're gonna probably be decent in in historic as well. Uh, so I mean, they're they're really cool design. They might not see a ton of play in in anything but standard, but great design. You know, we had the fast lands, now we have the the slow lands. I guess I'm not sure. I haven't seen the anything really. Uh, I'm not sure what people have said alone for the name, but should, should <laughs> yeah. Slowlands, Gavlands. Yeah, I was hoping Gavlands would uh, somehow trend or deliberate lands, but deliberate lands probably a bit too long. <laughs> I don't know. I probably will never even play with these lands, so I don't have to worry. We... Don't say that. <laughs> okay. Well, do you want to life on the line? Yeah, let's life on the line. Awesome. For those new listening, don't know what Life on the Line is. It's a theoretical tournament tomorrow. If you win the event, you live. If you lose, you die. Better bring a deck list from every format we talked about today. I guess just Modern and maybe Historic if you want to, Gab. But for me and Modern, I'm going to go with Doomwakes, Crashing Footfalls deck. When Modern Horizons 2 just came out, played a load of Footfalls, so I feel like I'm experienced with the deck. And I like the idea of playing Season Pyromancer and Prismari Command and Fury. I feel like this deck's clearly tuned to the metagame. And obviously, we do make, make the top eight supports that. What about you, Gab? Tough. You're kind of talking talking me to living in earlier. And there's lots of lots of Cavern of Souls, which can be tough for Blue Red Murktide. I might uh, I might just still stick to, to Blue Red Murktide. That deck's been so good for me. And even when 
I feel like things don't go well, you know, like still going for free and a challenge, not that bad. Uh, results results have been way too consistent and good for me to to play anything else right now. Okay, sick. And uh, should we do the prices right? Well, we are going to do the prices right, but what yeah, card? Yeah, we have to do figure out the card exactly. I think pre-orders are up on card market right now. We could predict a pre-order price. All right. Any? I think. Ooh, mm, I was gonna say consider, but it's a common, so that's dumb. Um, mm, I can't even think of a good. There's mythic. What are the mythics? There's the adversaries. There's the angel. Oh, we could do that. We could do the one that destroys and makes a makes a clue. That's yeah, a but rare, it's right? a rare. It's gonna be like mm. not as exciting. I mean, there's got to be something in modern. Um, how about Colossus? No, Colossus Hammer will be so. Ch- how about Cigarda's Aid? All right, sure. That's a tough one. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it'd just be one euro, to be honest. Yeah, it's oh, pretty Stoneforge good. Mystic. Okay, let's do Stoneforge Mystic. Okay. Um, okay. I have Actually, a price I in my mind. Stoneforge Mystics, too, I think so. Okay, so, oh yeah, I have to write it down. Uh, I'm just gonna say it out loud. Let's see. Stoneforge Mystic doesn't see a ton of play. Was banned. Old format. All right, I got it. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Fifteen. Six, six euros. Six. Oh, mama. Okay. I think I got it. I mean, there's no way it's closer to 15 than 6. I'd be shocked. So Stoneforge Mystic was 25 euros when I when I was going to Card Market Paris. Okay, the average price. What? Wait, so, what? Wait, you knew that? Euros. How much is it? It's 40. 40? Yeah. Wait, cheap... wait, you suggested a card that you literally knew the price of a few months ago? No, Card Market Paris was a year and a half ago. Okay, but mean? still, yeah, like insider info, I have literally no idea what cards are worth. Oh, but I mean, like a year and a half ago, it, that's like me that's getting so mad relevant. if I said Black Lotus, and I'd be I mean, like, it's an oh, eternal well, card. Though. It's not like it's a, it's not like it's a standard card where the prices are going to vary massively. Whatever, I guess. But it's been reprinted. I mean, I said fifteen, and it's forty. I mean, I still feel like, you know, knowing the card of price a year ago is, is pretty relevant when I'm I'm literally operating on zero, but it's okay. It's okay. Well, I, would you, okay, if you want to go again, you can No, pick no, you it's, can fine, pick it's fine. It's okay. fine. I guess I'm happy. I, I, have, I think I own a couple stone fortune mistakes. Okay. Well, if uh, people want to hear you whine more, where should they find you on the internet? Um... Twitter at Gavnasif and uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash yellowhat. Okay, you can find me anywhere on the internet at HeyMTG. You can also find me on Card Market's YouTube channel. You can also find me on Card Market's Twitch stream every Wednesday because they sponsor the cash out to them. As well as Pat, he wasn't here today, but get underscore smart. You can find him through the Midweek Committee Game Twitter or whatever. He's literally everywhere on Twitch and on <laughs> Twitter. But if you did make it this far into the episode, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for making this far. And uh, I guess we'll catch you guys next time. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Take care, everyone.